Welcome to De-Stress Your Business, the podcast where we show you how to get incredible results in your business without constant stress. I'm Alexis Kingsbury, a serial entrepreneur and founder at Air Manual. Today, I'm joined by a dear friend and a phenomenal content expert in Georgia Kirk. Georgia leads a team at Right Business Results where they help entrepreneurs build their personal brands by producing top-notch books, blogs, podcasts, and their promotional campaigns. She's agreed to share her secret sauce on how you can generate six months of content in just 60 minutes. Now, this is going to be a game changer for all those leaders out there who want to elevate their brands, both personal and company and product brand and so on, without spending all their time on content. So, Georgia, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Alexis. I'm looking forward to it. Fantastic. Well, yeah, I think I, I'm, I'm so glad that you've agreed to uh, to join me for this and go deep in this. But first, can you share a little bit about your journey from studying English literature and international political communication <laughs> to uh, helping entrepreneurs build their personal brands through content, which <laughs> has kind of taken some twists and turns? Yes, thank you very much. It sounds like uh, how would those things link together? But actually, uh, it's it's uh, maybe people listening into this can relate you know where when you realize what you're passionate about and you decide to turn that into a business uh, actually you can see where it's cropped up at all these other times of your life and um usually it's something that is so close to you you don't see it until you really try uh, so I've always been a, a bit of a nerd and a total bookworm. And uh, my seventh birthday present was a typewriter. Um, I used to read the dictionary for fun and see how many new words I could remember, <laughs> set myself uh, word goals. Um, you know, I've, I've always loved uh, languages um, and the history of words, the origin of words. Um, and so uh, creative writing at school was always my, my you know, highest marked subject. And I always loved writing. I've always written short stories. And I'm fascinated by people. I love people uh, in general. You know, I, I love hearing people's stories, kind of just observing how how their minds work, really, and especially entrepreneurs who, who tend to be really unique and, and colourful characters. Um, and so I went to study English literature at uni because uh, I wanted to do something that I loved um, and didn't know uh, vocationally what, you know, what I'd turn it to at that point. Um, and then went into commercial management. And I did a, a graduate training scheme with Caterpillar UK distributor Finning, uh, which was incredible. And every eight months for two years, so three times, we'd move somewhere new. We'd be told where we were going three weeks before. Um, and it could be anywhere in the UK, but also uh, the world, wherever they had operations. So Canada was on the cards at one point. And then we'd learn different things about, um, you know, about what it took to run the business and, and would help with projects. So um, that was exciting. And I learned uh, that was where I kind of started to, to, to think more about business. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I come from a family of entrepreneurs uh, on both sides of the family as well. They've always done things their own way. Um, but construction wasn't quite where I saw myself. And so I decided to hit the reset button, do the thing that I never thought I would do and go back to school. So I went and did my master's, um, international political communication, campaigning and advocacy, to be precise, which is a mouthful. Um, but that was really interesting. That gave me a global view of um, uh, uh, deliberate relationships, political relationships. Um, and how that trickles down into the general public's understanding of the world that they live in and then how businesses respond to that. 
Um, uh-huh. From there, I went into business coaching and from there I set up Bright Business Results. So that was where I kind of really uh, got into the minds and hearts of entrepreneurs. Uh, I was looking after just over 100 in a well-known business coaching program, um, just helping them stay on track with their goals. And yeah, and that's when I just thought, actually, I want to put a process to my own passion to help them get their message out there. And Bright Business Results was born and that was eight years ago. Oh, I love that. And that that's interesting, you know, because you had that experience, as you say, sort of um, sandwiched into your career there around sort of writing at the start and writing at the end. Uh, but, um, you know, you've got all that, that experience in like business development and coaching and uh, and, and some of that kind, that kind of sales side. So um, how do you feel like that impacts the way in which you approach content creation and promotion for your clients? It's a really good question. It, it impacts it a lot because actually, um, you know, process is, is one uh, vehicle that can carry an idea into a, a commercial reality and make it work repeatedly over time. But uh, but but so are frameworks and the two are really closely related. Um, and obviously, Alexis, with their manual, you know, I know you know the power of process probably uh, better than anybody. So it's really important with something like content creation and books of where we started with Right Business Results. We now also create blogs and podcasts. And it's really important to have a process that could be repeatable for uh, any business leader who has an important message to share, who's established. You know, it shouldn't be where we can only write books for financial uh, advisors or we can only write books for coaches or uh, and actually it, it's really about um, the way that you use language and the way that you ask questions and the quality of the question and the space that you can create in the discussion for the person to express themselves um, and the way that we do that and the way that we've turned that thinking and that coaching approach into uh, publishing support for different content types is by allowing the business leader to speak their content. Uh, so we ask mm. questions. We know the answers to those questions are chapter content or blog content. Uh, and obviously podcasts are spoken anyway. Um, but it's about directing the discussion along certain lines so that the, the author is free to be themselves and, and speak their mind and not have to automatically become a really good writer overnight and spend months uh, chain to their keyboards um you know we, we do that because we love the writing and the editing and the you know we've got the, the design team and the publishing support so we really just want people to stick to their passion so that we can bring ours and that's the best collaboration yeah i love that and i've, I've always found your approach to that sort of really um really interesting and being and, and essentially very very customer focused, right? It's like it's like you looked at it and said, what's really holding these people back from getting their content, their book written? Um, and and saying it's not, you know, it's not lack of knowledge, it's not, it's not lack of research, it's they've done all of that. The hard bit is that they really just don't know how to get started, they don't know how to structure it, they they hold themselves back for all these sorts of ways. And I think it's amazing that you've tapped into basically something that actually your target customer tend to be very comfortable with, which is answering questions about their uh, their level their area of expertise and so you've you turned that into your entire process which is awesome and it, it reminds me actually that um georgia you were uh, as you know uh, you were the first client of ours who specifically asked do you provide like some kind of consulting support to get the processes out of my brain and documented and at the time the answer was no but i said but I'll happily try and work out whether that's something we can provide and whether I can then even train that to other people that can do it. And uh, and as a result, we we tried it out, got amazing results. And uh, uh, others may have heard me talk about, in George's case, and I've got a case study on the website, saving like 200 hours per uh, new team yeah. member hired in terms of training them. And I remember us doing that in that first program. 
and as a, and then I basically ended up creating the training and onboarding for other consultants who now do that literally every day with other clients. So firstly, thank you for your suggestion <laughs> and for agreeing to be a guinea pig of that. It was uh, it was a great, great experience. And um, and it was interesting that to some extent, the the parallel and what got me thinking about it was to some extent that's we're doing a similar thing, right? We're asking questions to suck the process out of the the business leader or their team's brains, get it documented, get it implemented based on our expertise in the in a similar way to how you're doing that to ask people questions to get it out of their brain and, and get it uh, turned into a book, which is just absolutely genius to be able to create something that's what is it like forty thousand words or something for uh, for the sort of typical book that you'd, seventeen you say yeah. Yeah, so 70,000 words yeah, yeah ba based on having that conversation those conversations is just absolutely amazing and I, and I know that you've developed a, a very impressive process um that we've talked about before like generating six months of content in just mm -hmm. 60 minutes um which feels even as I say it it sounds like the sort of thing that's like bonkers no chance the quality is going to be rubbish like that you know it's not even possible to kind of create that give us a, an overview of how that process works because I know that from people when people listen to this it'll click and they'll see like oh yeah this is how you can use that and it's really powerful so would you mind giving us a, a an overview of that how that process works and what we'll get as a result definitely thank you um just a quick note on your consultation process i really genuinely still to this yeah. day recommend it to people so um you know it it, it uh it got uh, it solved uh all of my air manual uh set up time alexis kind of sorted it all out within about an hour so thank you very much <laughs> um, on the um yeah on the content creation front so just for some context for this um it's really important uh, it, it, my philosophy and what we do at right business results um obviously there's a lot of ai coming into the market now and it's disrupting content creation and it's and it's certainly posing some interesting ethical questions in the publishing industry um, and uh, what I'm seeing is now the initial hype has died down. There are a lot of people, most entrepreneurs who know what they're doing and they value themselves and their own knowledge. You know, I mean, come on, we work hard and, you know, for years and uh, we really know our own business like the back of our hands. And it's in, to the point where actually we underestimate how much knowledge we have. So a lot of entrepreneurs who are established and actually good at what they do don't feel the need to have uh, an AI tool right for them, um, actually, they just need a, a really effective way of getting what they already know out of their head and onto paper without having to spend hours over it. So this is what the, the, this uh, this quick exercise focuses around around that. This is about your words and your knowledge um, being whipped up into uh, into quick pieces of content that you can share, knowing that they knowing that they are customer centric. To use your your words earlier, um, because you could obviously spend a lot of time. Um, laboring over technical aspects of content writing um however for the average business owner if that isn't your number one skill set you can of course work with a team right who will who will do some or all of that for you but equally it's always going to pay to do some of this for yourself as well um because it's authentic and and it comes it comes from 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 within you so here it is you've got 60 minutes um, you get a pen and a paper. This is important, not typing, pen and paper. It's the the, the sort of hand-brain connection uh, that, that helps here. And you set the timer initially for 20 minutes. And on the piece of paper, I want you to draw, I want you to divide that page into five uh, boxes of equal size. And uh, the first one is called Challenges. And that's the title. And the second one is called Opportunities. The third is called Strengths. The fourth is Weaknesses. 
And the fifth is myths and misconceptions. Because if you think about your, uh, this is like these uh, um, categories are what you want to speak to in any business conversation. Your content's no different. It's it's the it's the it's the very basic framework of most sales calls. It's how it's points you would cover in most presentations. Uh, so it's really important, and this is it allows you to very quickly tap into the key areas your uh, the people the ideal customers that you're targeting need help with. So then you set the timer. So for twenty minutes, you then race against the clock to write down as many things in those boxes as humanly possible. And you but it has to be in that order. So you want to start with what are their challenges? What's keeping them up at night? What's holding them back from getting to where they want to be? And actually, do they know, right? And so as you're writing these things down, write down things that you know are true, that they're their challenges. Otherwise, it could be a myth or a misconception. Like they think there's something holding them back, but it's not. That's a belief that needs to be changed. That's a separate category. Because there's no point trying to help someone solve a pain point that it actually have, because at some point they'll realize and people tend to buy things uh, or pick up the phone uh, over the things that they know they want as well as what they need. Um, so challenges that you know are there. And then onto opportunities. If you take those challenges away for them, or like if somebody does, right, uh, what can they, what are they free to go after? What do they want, really? Um, this could be commercial goals, definitely, of course. Um, but there'll also be personal aspects in that. Obviously, most entrepreneurs are pursuing some kind of um, personal uh, freedom, some ability to to do things that they wouldn't ordinarily be able to do if they had, uh, you know, more, more stereotypical restrictions. So it's all of their opportunities that they're looking to capture. And then uh, strengths, what are they already good at? Like what, what can they what do they have in their toolkit um, personally that's going to that's going to help them get there? Uh, and of course, weaknesses, again, what's holding them back? Um, and then the myths and misconceptions, all those limiting beliefs. What do they currently think? Like in my world, uh, a really common one in entrepreneurship is dyslexia and ADHD. Therefore, I can't write a book. That's probably, in, in that case, that could well be true. You probably maybe can't actually write a book, uh, but you can author a book because there are other ways of doing yeah. it, you know? So then that's where you get the inspiration for the educational pieces. So that's your first 20 minutes and it's literally a speed. And do you know what? If you already have a book um, or you have a library of content, you can hack that process further by uh, going through it in order and taking things that you see out of there. Uh, um, taking things that you see as in taking from your existing content, literally yeah, like copy paste, like pull, pull it through because you've already written it before and, and so on, yeah. nice. Exactly that. That's so if you cool. already have a piece of core content, core content being a book, blog or podcast, uh, books mm -hmm. being the, 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 you know, obviously the longer form, the most impactful, the longer lasting. So you would start there and then you would go to the other two. Um, then you can have a six, a six box, I suppose, which would be uh, taking out your one liners, the, the real, real kind of like inspirational bits, the insights, the key takeaways, just nice. listing as many okay. as you possibly can in that 20 minutes. Okay, cool. Yeah, those, those little pithy ways of describing it and sort of okay those sorts of things okay um and just to check like uh challenges and weaknesses um uh what would what's the difference in those those things like the um uh can you give us an example of something that someone might describe as a as a weakness that wouldn't come under challenges and i appreciate they're just prompts to kind of bring this stuff out right but yeah yes um so a challenge would be uh, something like being time poor like like time is the external factor that's um, uh, acting sure. as a barrier to productivity, whereas a weakness would be poor organisation. Okay, cool. Yeah, so something sense. personal within them. Okay, cool.
cool. Excellent. So mm-hmm. we've done that for 20 minutes. We've got it all written yeah. down and I've literally got a pad here just because I'm literally thinking how the process would work. <laughs> so we've done our 20 minutes. We've written down loads of notes. Maybe we've copied and pasted stuff from cool content and so on. Now what do we do? And now you want to set the timer for 10 minutes. Okay. And you want to pull out as, as many of those as possible that you think you can expand on quickly. Okay. Just highlight the ones that you think this is really good. This speaks to my audience. For this to work, right. you need to be clear on your ideal customer in the first place. Yeah. You, know, you, need an you need to know who they are. Yeah. And I think we've taken that as a, a taken that almost as read, but I think that is definitely is the, the starting point of all this is make sure you're clear on who the ideal customer is. And, and I think, um, that then makes all of this exercise easier because you're able to think of real people that you've spoken to, customers that you've worked with, um, you know, uh, people that you've helped and really get clear about for them. Whereas often I think that as soon as you go broad with the ideal customer, um, so if you said, you know, all people who work in a business, then thinking about their challenges, strengths, weaknesses, it always becomes, well, it depends. It's like, no, 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 it needs to be. Yeah, specifically business leaders or you know owners who were who have businesses of this size and this industry or whatever, and uh, makes it really easy. Okay, cool. So we've done twenty minutes uh, uh, brainstorming. We've got ten minutes of highlighting some of the best bits that we think can be expanded. What next? Uh, and then for the rest of the time, you've got half an hour. Uh, you're now um, again looking to speak or write down just two hundred, one hundred and fifty to two hundred words on each of those what you've now got as headlines, essentially. Cool. And the, the, the key here is, is done, not perfect. It's the speed is actually mm. important. Like when right, we'd never write a book this way. We wouldn't be like, right, we're going to set the timer for, for two days, go, you know, it'd be like terrible. Yeah. But um, the whole point of this is, you know, when you're sharing, you're, you're sharing snippets from your life, you know, this is for like social media content creation that feeds into uh, the rest of the funnel that you have in place so you know if you have a book there are only so many times that you can realistically post on LinkedIn like buy my book buy my book it's it's not compelling but what you've got to do instead is share um, well why people should buy the book but better than that is actually share bits of what they have to gain from from buying the book um, you know and then the, the buying the book is the natural sort of call to action um yeah but you, it, again depends what your goals are there might be somewhere specific that you're sending people like if you're using this to promote a, an online training or a book or uh, an event that you're doing then you want to make sure that everything you're writing down is going to be really specific to that overall topic if this is general mm. personal brand building then of course you just focus on your avatar and you, you just kind of brainstorm uh, but the idea is done beats perfect so when in that half an hour then once you've you've got 150 to 200 words under each of those lines, um, you could wrap up by running the, what you've got the line, that kind of headline that you, that you chose off your list. Uh, run that through co-schedule headline analyzer. Okay. And that will mark you on its SEO. Yep. And 70 out of 100 turns it green. And that's really good. It's addictive. So just be careful. I was going to say, addictive for a nerd like you in this in this context. Um, the because I've used that uh, tool before on your recommendation in the past, and I can tell you my experience of it is I put in a headline, I go, Ugh. <laughs> and then I'll try maybe one or two times afterwards, and then I start to get a bit more angry at it. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I start uh, getting all um, uh, sort of uh, 
yeah, mean about it or like um, uh, critical about it. I mean, like, oh, well, it would probably like it if I wrote a headline about, you know, the seven things Beyonce loves about whatever. And of course, of, of course it does, because that's exactly the sort of clickbaity kind of thing that works. But of course, yeah. I've made it so far away from actually what my well, customer cares about. So they're not usable. So, um, yeah. Do, uh, you do, uh, yeah, I would say, say user discretion is important, definitely. Um, I, I, I like I that there's some... It does have some really powerful rules in it for that pull out what's what matters and and what makes a difference and so on and um yeah i i i did i mean i genuinely did find it really really useful for um tapping into that headline writing uh, uh skill and best practice in a very accessible way so no, I'm, i love that so well, you've, you've got I, all I, of I'll these bits Alexis, as well i wouldn't um i wouldn't uh um be cross with anybody you know if, if you if you experience co-schedule headline analyze, analyzer related anger um then you know chat gpt pro- probably can create a, a decent headline I, i'll i'll concede to a headline i won't i won't uh, i won't take it as far as a a, a blog or or by all means please never ever uh, use it to create a whole book for you that would just be completely defeats the point of uh, books but you know well, well, yes, and and for loads of reasons, including um, I, I don't think I've t- spoke, spoken about it on the podcast specifically, but I certainly have when um, I speak at events um, where there are you know the likes of Google and so on, and Amazon doing this as well, but for books, they are pulling out AI content and and um, batting it down. So yeah, it's not a smart idea to have um, AI generated content at the end of an end of your process. Although those have listened to earlier episodes from me talking about AI. Absolutely, you can embed it into your process. Here's a great example. You just said, like, use co-schedule headline analyzer to tell you whether you've got a good headline at the end. Now, I often say with AI, you really need to know what good looks like to make good use of AI. You know, if you use ChatGPT to write a blog, but you don't know what a good blog looks like, then you're going to struggle to be able to judge whether it's going to work for your audience and so on. But here's how you can do it. You can combine ChatGPT and CoSchedule because what you could do is say, right, I've written a headline, put it into CoSchedule, then say it gives the feedback and tells you how it needs to improve. You take that plus what you wrote and the 200 words that you wrote about the topic, put that into ChatGPT and then say, give me 10 better headlines put those back into co-schedule and test which ones <laughs> do better on the scoring. Re- repeat, repeat until you've got a great score, right? Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so actually those things will uh, will get you better results. So, so that's really, really awesome. Love it. And so at the end of that then, we've essentially got a headline that is likely to, to attract eyeballs and, and interest. We've got some valuable content that really speaks to our ideal customer, uh, uh, ideal customers, challenges, opportunities, strengths, weaknesses, myths, uh, misconceptions, or one liners that have come from our existing content that really, really kind of land that. And as you say, that you then include a call to action that does what you need it to do. Come see my webinar, uh, read, you know, get my book or whatever it is. Um, that's pretty amazing for 60 minutes worth of doing it. How doable is, like, I, I have no concept of how much I could get written in 30 minutes about those sorts mm. of topics. I kind of imagine myself sat at the computer going, Georgia told me I now need to do 30 minutes writing on these mm. however many topics, 150 to 200 words. I don't think I, I, 
I only, in fact, 200 words is a really small amount, isn't it? I'm suddenly thinking really like, small. we have to you're get... Li- you're literally just delivering like a, like a light bulb moment to people on the headline. It's, it's like a sentence, isn't it? It's like, if, if, if that, it's like, well, because partly I'm thinking, I know that the titles for the podcast episodes we do, I know I have to get that down to, uh, set that 75 characters. characters. So we're talking about 200 words. So yeah, that's probably like seven words. Ah, okay, so no, it's it's a few para. It, is it like a paragraph, two paragraphs? What's it? What's this going to yeah, look it's like? like a, it's, it's like, like a, a LinkedIn, post LinkedIn post. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's not okay. it's not much, but it's not like it's not nothing either. You can deliver substance in that. And way and now. so I generally imagine that doing one of those would take me thirty minutes. Why is that not the case? Or what's what's ma- meaning that I'm making that mistake like or what are the other biggest mistakes that you see people making when they come to content creation i'm overthinking um and um, you're putting up your own barriers you know so like with this the whole beauty of this exercise is it takes you out of your own head because you don't have time so uh, but Mm. what you've got to do to feel confident doing it anyway is to is to remind yourself that you already have the knowledge so you don't need to spend the time redeveloping it it's already there you just need to be put under a little bit of pressure to get it out in a structure. And this is an example of, of the importance of frameworks. And so, it, but if it doesn't come naturally to you, which is completely reasonable for a lot of busy people who are not uh, in the world of content, and you've got those 150 words and actually just the, seeing the time ago, it's actually just not helpful. Um, two tips. One, uh, look at the headline and just uh, answer, why is it important and why now? What does it mean? What is this about? And or how would somebody go about implementing this? What's one actionable insight? So why, what, how? And that's all the post yeah, needs to consist yeah. of. It's just a few sentences on each. And, and another way to do it is to use something like otter.ai and just speak the answers into it and then use the uh, transcripts. Then you've got your yeah, post written nice. up for you. Yeah, and I'm thinking that for, for someone um, who really struggles with writing, you know, grammar, spelling, all those sorts of things, as you say, saying it into Otter AI, then taking that and putting that into chat GPT and now saying like, now write that as a, you know, set a, a post that makes sense, but make it friendly or whatever, you know, in the, you could describe how the style you want it. And it'll then make sure that you've actually got something well written. Because although yeah. um, tools like chat GPT um, are not great for getting facts right and providing you know creative insightful um uh, uh information that comes out of nowhere or using stories because that's one of the other things that's really important of course in content generally in podcasts and books and whatever and yet ChatGPT hasn't got your stories <laughs> i can yeah. totally see how it does it, but, but that that all said ChatGPT does a brilliant job of creating something that is grammatically uh spot on and so on so if you're someone that really struggles with that because i know some people like literally like just curl up into a ball uh, i know that's the opposite for you uh, but it was my lowest gcse grade so <laughs> <laughs> i'm actually really good at grammar and spelling it's the creative writing and so on but i, I think your point around overthinking is probably um really um valid but then on the flip side so um i think the overthinking is really valid however there are some things which I think I write and they are just a bit 
dull or often I think often when I'm sat there just trying to write it becomes almost overly formal or whatever and I remember you know with my business partner with Paddy who's uh, often um, co-hosts uh, this this podcast not the last few episodes don't worry he'll, he'll be back um, but uh, like he'll often highlight that you know you need to make this shorter make it more conversational and so on and I often find that easy when talking and hard when sat there writing any i mean i suppose saying it into otter ai and, and other tools like that would help a lot but what's what's your view because i think people might filter quite a lot and think well you know i've written this but is it any good and you know oh, I, wor- I worry that i'm not a really great writer and you know I've perhaps even seen best practice around writing social media posts and you need a good hook and you need to yeah. ask questions and you need to like all these sorts of things that you need to do that are difficult to keep in your head when you're writing 150 words at pace like yeah. any suggestions on that? yeah it's a, it's a really good question um so uh people who consider themselves creative people uh will be able to let go of that like all of those thoughts they would just say they would just think like oh i'm just gonna i'm just gonna write or speak uh i've got some headlines but I might say something completely different and that's okay. I'll just let that happen and see what comes out. Um, people who are more structured and analytical and detailed in their thinking, of course, that's not going to um, be the natural response for them to that process. Like they're going to want, uh, to, they're going to sort of think, I've set a goal for this. I sat, down, I sat down to write about this. Why can't I write about this? And how should I write about this? And um, so it's, in that case, that's not overthinking. That's just thinking. That's just the way that some people think. Mm-hmm. And so there's no point battling it, um, but, but simply to understand where to apply it. And so uh, there's a time and a place for that level of detail and that kind of input um, and that kind of self-critique. But uh, when you're trying to form a new habit in an area that you're not naturally passionate about or particularly comfortable in there's just no point expecting yourself to write as if you're really really upskilled and have been doing it for a long time you just have you you sort of have to say I'm going to put that uh, mental energy into these projects where uh, actually that's really going to help me uh, excel and help the business excel for this exercise uh, establish a starting point it might just be um, I'm, I'm not creating copy that I expect to generate 20 incoming leads via LinkedIn a month. Instead, I'm going to create copy that helps me find my voice. Or um, I, I don't know how much to share. What's too much? What's too personal? Well, put something out there and see. Start with something business related, like the reason you set up your business and why you love it so much, like on, a, on an individual level. Um, maybe share something about a time of adversity in your life that you think will speak to the challenges that you've written down mm. uh, for your for your audience and just just experiment but it is a matter of play rather than an exact science um and then when you get to a level of comfort or to a level of regularity consistency is important uh then you might want to drill down into the technique a bit more nice i love that and i think it, it reminds me of um i remember a quote from Stephen bart uh from Stephen bartlett um where i think he was speaking uh at um expert empires which i think we've both spoken uh, at at various points um and I, I remember he was talking about how um one of the you know he really struggled with social media uh for for a long time and of course people kind of like what how can that be possible like you've got millions of followers and whatever and he said no i really struggled there and the only thing that helped me was consistency and feedback yeah. i kept on doing it like eventually i got to a point where i did it consistently didn't initially but did it consistently and reviewed the feedback and repeated and just iterated until 
he got to that point. And I think um, I like the way that you describe it because you break that down a bit more to almost say, look, whether you're creative or not, if you're just starting with this, avoid doing that filtering. You need to get into the habit first, like get going, then get good. <laughs> because because yes, exactly. <laughs> the temptation is to think, well, there's no point in me getting going if I'm not good because I won't get any results. But of course, it flips the other way around, which is you have to get going so you can get good. You're not going to be able to iterate and implement these things and work on a new habit at the same time unless you're going to do it um, uh, consistently. And so I think that's a really interesting point. So as, um, as we've talked about separately outside this podcast, I've been doing a load of research around what is it to be consistent in your marketing and why is that important, but also why do people struggle with it and so on. And I think... Um, something that I haven't been talking about a lot of is the power of the consistency in actually helping you even inform what good looks like and, and so on. Yeah. So it's really interesting that you say sort of get going at it, start doing it. Um, and here we're talking essentially about short form content, which I think is really powerful for getting going with because the blockers are fewer. Like, right? you know, if, if, if you are able to writing a single sentence can be very powerful put on a little image and share it on social media i see those go really really well right um whereas i tend to struggle to summarize something um that uh, uh briefly and so i think that's really really powerful however i think business leaders do need to strike a balance between long and short form content in their marketing strategy yeah. can you give some examples some tips on like what should that look like um where have you seen examples where that works really well who should we be you know other examples that we can kind of use as reference points to kind of say yeah like, this is what i need to be aiming for yeah so again it's a really good question so uh, the long form content so you, you have just about understanding the the purpose of each type of content right so we've talked about social media a lot even though actually my core business is around books and and uh, and, the, and the marketing service for blogs and podcasts because uh, that's the the, the sort of uh, the bit that uh is the easiest to do for most people um the easiest to repeat and it's it's the bit where you can you know your your audience if you're b2b they're sitting right there on linkedin you could get on there now and do it whereas you couldn't bring out a book now <laughs> that would take more strategy and more time so whilst that's uh, you know in the oven you can be building a platform finding you but doing all the things we've just talked about to build that audience and get them ready for when you want to share um you know something less conversational and more more impactful and more commercial um, you know, a blog, for example, turns your website into an online resource. Uh, it boosts uh, it boosts it from an SEO perspective. Um, you know, we've uh, we did an SEO campaign on the Right Business Results website um, for, in the first few months of the year, um, and before that, it was more of an online business card where people would check it if they were already checking out us. Whereas now um, we're getting uh, inquiries like sales calls booked in through the website from people that you know, I don't know. Um, so it shows it's working. We're doing that through our blog content. And that's, uh, we've researched the schedule, we've put that together, we do exactly the same for us as we do for clients. Um, and so and so that's important from the from the blog front. From the podcast side of things, uh, the podcast uh, allows us to uh, have more of a conversation around our core messages. Um, so, it, you know, it's the only format where someone can actually see you and hear your voice and interact with your, you know, see your body language. And things are really different when you see everybody's at uh, the way that they deliver and you're actually interacting with that. Um, 
versus reading something in black and white on a page. And so, uh, you know, you can literally carry on the conversation through a podcast and looking at looking at something like your book, which is the like the ultimate type of content you could have, really, because it's so permanent uh, and it's so long standing and you can deliver so many light bulb moments and you can have so much quality time with your ideal audience via those pages. Um, So really, when you're doing a book, it's about thought leadership, authority, connection, trust building. Um, as well as all the commercial stuff that it will do when you bake it into your business processes. Of course, it it will generate leads. It'll accelerate the sales process. It'll, you know, uh, contribute to personal branding and new opportunities. But if you think about that time your reader gets to spend with you through the course of three to what seven hours, um, that's, you can't really achieve that in in, in such a um, seamless way through other content types. So then uh, you want to avoid sharing anything that could go out of date in your book unless you plan on bringing out another one or a second edition. Really, your book is where you share your timeless insights, principles, um, you know, lessons, everything that you've always wanted to impart and that you wish people knew when they when they come to your, uh, you know, to your office or, or to your call. Your podcast, your blog, your social, it all trickles down from there. You're just sharing snippets then, but through the lens of real world events so you're kind of uh, bringing it into the here and now all the time yeah that I love that and I think it's I, I, I think it does because I mean one thing that you said early on was that it, it is uh it is a balance you're not going to be able to bring out a book tomorrow but you can start posting that social media content and putting it out and put mm. and then combining some of those bits or taking the best bits and those go on the blog so there's an element of it's a bit of a journey and those things um don't exist in a in a vacuum or exist separately and i really like your point around with the book that's um serving a particular purpose and has a um a very powerful connection and so on but then it's not that you do that and not the other. It's it's that you. you it doesn't reflect. Yeah. It, yeah, it's about and, the commitment that you're demonstrating to your audience, you know. And, and so the book, you know, whilst the book is being created, you've got this chapter content being put together. Uh, you can be pulling out. You can be doing that exercise on the chapter content as it's being uh, spoken or written, and be sharing. And it's a great way to test the message that you're putting together over the long uh, the longer term, uh, as well. So. It's just about understanding your own goals and how you want to leverage the different formats rather than going at it with a scattergun approach and just being like, oh, my God, I just need all this all this content. Um, you know, a book's like a very, a very long term, very strategic move. Um, uh, it, 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 the, the association with intelligence and with knowledge is automatic. So it's just really, really powerful. Um, but I think if I was to if there's one mistake that authors make, it's completely mm. underestimating um th- th- just what they actually have in their hands there like just how much more they can do with it without having to recreate all the content fantastic yeah I, I i completely agree in terms of you know the number of um clients that i know that you've worked with and uh, some that we both know where yeah they they would hold themselves back and yet we, we it's easy to see from the outside like you've got all the knowledge like why doesn't this already exist as a book and so I think that's powerful. And, and that's something that's always struck me about the way in which you work with clients. Like, um, And uh, I've had the, the, the privilege of, of getting to work with um, wider members of your team uh, by uh, through you working with, with their manual. Um, but like, help us understand, like, what does that mix of that team um, look like to, you know, collaborate, to strategize, to write, to edit, to design, to publish, to promote business books and blogs and podcasts? 
because I think that that will help people realize how much should be involved in doing this uh, right. Yeah, so this is, that is a really good point. There are, you know, five to seven different people who specialise in something really specific on every single book um, and the marketing campaigns to go with it. So, again, there's this old belief of like, well, is it really authentic if I don't write it myself? Yes, as long as it's come from your brain. I mean, who, 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 and, and your writer's qualified. I mean, how on earth could that be a, a problem? Um and, uh, you know, the editing Oh, my sister edited like a medical journal a few years ago. She's going to help. No, it doesn't count. She's not an editor. It's a, it's a technical skill set. You can't do that. The same with proofreading. Uh, people will say, um, I've proofed it. And, and they mean I've checked it. We're like, no, proof, proofreading, spelling and grammar and reference checks and, uh, and, and chat GPT and, and Grammarly. Uh, you know, Grammarly's really good, actually. They can't do that because they can't yet understand context. They can only predict what they think should come next based on what's already come. So it's it gives an impression of understanding, but it's not a genuine understanding. Um, so it's really important that, that these things are really understood and you've got the right people in place. So um, the ideal, uh, who we have on our book team, the ideal book team, um, starts with a strategic plan. So we have a content strategist. It doesn't start with the editor or the writer so there's no ghostwriter. We don't work with people who want to develop their own writing style because then they imprint it onto other people's content. What we're doing is channeling the words of an entrepreneur and to package it up as a book um, to, to get them the results that, you know, and the impact that they want to make. So it needs to start with a really strategic input, looking at, you know, their, their bigger vision that what do they want over the next year? Um, reader avatars. Um, breaking that down into groups and focusing uh, on, you know, the right people. Tone of voice. I want to sound like myself. What does that mean? Um, you know, we've got to identify it because it's not just for the benefit of, it's not just a North Star for the author, right, to keep them on track through the, the process of sharing what they know. But then when you do have the editor coming in, they need to understand what it is they're meant to be channeling. Um, and the same with the designer, like they need to get a sense of, um, it's not just a branding exercise or it's not just, oh, it's really popular at the moment to use like red, white and grey on nonfiction books. So we'll just do that. But for that person, you know, it's got to represent, especially with entrepreneurial businesses, uh, more so it needs to represent the individual um, as well as the professional brand, um, as well as be relevant to the market. So you've got your strategist. Um, you've got uh, who will be the person to ask you the questions to extract the content. Um, you've got your editor who will be responsible for the write up. You've got your assistant editor who will do the uh, the checks for a second pair of eyes. We work through three drafts. Um, you've got the proofreader for the spelling and the grammar and the, the referencing and the contextual checks. You've got the designer for the covers and the interior formatting. Um, and then depending on which way you publish, self-publishing is an online process. Traditional publishing, um, you know, our strategist, Ivan, then works with our entrepreneurs to partner them with the right publisher um, for, for their goals if there's a business case for it. Um, you know, and that and that's just to get the book out there into the into the real world. Then on the marketing front, you've got copywriters, more proofreaders, more designers, uh, audio engineers, you know, uh, videographers. It's a lot. Yeah, it it, it is, and I, I love it because I know that you you know you you do this at such a great level of quality and get results. Or you know, that's which is the reason for the naming of your business, right? It's right business results is because you're all about. Um, you know, aligned with our number one core value, focus on impact. It's not just about getting the book out there or the podcast out there. It's about getting those results. And I know that you and the team 
really focus on that. I know that the conversations that you have with clients, you start with, what are you trying to get out of this? What would good look like? And, and work backwards from there, which is really powerful. Um, how can people learn more about that? Because one of the things that I think people might hear from this is go, oh, wow, Judge has got this huge team of experts. They've got this process. They've got this journey where you can set this book out of my head. But I imagine it's either really expensive, it's going to take a load of time, I don't know where to start, etc. And yet I know that a call with um, your team will help them see actually it's possible and actually completely fits within their, their budget and so on. What's the best place for them to learn more and, and uh, explore where this might be a good fit? Yeah, thanks, Alexis. So uh, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, I share a lot of content on LinkedIn as do as does the team, uh, but also writebusinessresults.com. So it's W-R-I-T-E, businessresults.com. Um, the, the, there's more being added to the site every week at the moment, actually, but there's also a content library uh, where we share the best of what we know. Um, you'll find process, you'll find team, you'll find case studies. Um, you know, and, and and this is where we talk about the return on the investment. So thank you for raising that. You know, when we're working with authors, we want to make sure it's all nonfiction books, all entrepreneurs. So it's like, uh, the, what's the business case for the book? And but also, let's explore the setup of your business a bit in that early conversation so that I can be confident whoever I sign up uh, it has a reasonable chance of, of, of seeing a five or six figure return on their investment in their book. Right. Um, and, and even if someone says, well, the goal isn't primarily financial, actually, it's more about impact. How would you measure mm-hmm. impact? And one would be through uh, some sort of result from, from other humans, which would, you know, in a business would generally be commercial. So, um, yeah, head to the site and, uh, and, and book in a call if you want a conversation. Love it. Highly recommend people do that. We'll make sure we've got links in the show notes to uh, to those various places, uh, to those various places, including Georgia's website and social media and all that kind of stuff. Uh, But otherwise, um, Georgia, thank you so much for joining me. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you. We're both speaking at the Entrepreneurs Marketing Conference uh, coming up uh, in um, only a few weeks time, etc. Really looking forward to seeing you there. But otherwise, thank you so much for, for sharing such brilliant value today. Thanks for having me. Nice to see you. Yeah, no, it's been great. And so uh, um, uh, for everyone else, like if marketing is currently one of your big stress areas, you, uh, hopefully you got a lot of value out of today's episode. Uh, uh, and I'm well, I'm, I'm confident that you will have done. Uh, but you'll also love something that we've been working on at Air Manual, which is where we've been working with top marketing experts and our clients at Air Manual, including Georgia. Um, we've been looking at what's the playbook that you need for your marketing team and what are the, the templates for the guidance and the training that your marketing team needs, everything from employee onboarding to repurposing content, preparing for podcast interviews. I've even uh, talked to Georgia about uh, the process that we use for preparing for these podcasts and so on, uh, including how you can use AI in various parts of the process, which is something that I know um, Georgia is actually really passionate about. It's easier to, easy to throw rocks at it as, as we were kind of doing earlier on on specific use cases, but I know um, George is using it in lots of different areas. So um, if you're interested in that sort of thing, you can get these as soon as these become available by subscribing for our newsletter at www.scalingwithoutstress.com. Uh, otherwise, that's it for this episode of De-Stress Your Business. Thank you again, Georgia, for sharing your insights and strategies uh, on leveraging content and personal branding. It's been awesome. Uh, otherwise, for all our listeners, if you enjoyed this episode, review it on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching on LinkedIn or YouTube, give it a comment with perhaps the one thing you learned or just share it with uh, other people. We'd really appreciate your support. Otherwise, until next time, have fun. <laughs>